0: The Poorly Made Police Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for a mature audience. The views expressed on this Poorly Made Podcast reflect the opinions of the guests and hosts. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this Poorly Made Podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very Poorly Made Podcast... Relax and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a crown Vic. And you get Crown Vic, and then you get awesome lead in music. Don't worry. This podcast will still be poorly made. Well, hey there. Welcome to the Poorly Made Police Memes Podcast. This will be my second podcast of the day. If you listen to episode 53, The Great Flood, you will know today sucked my ass, but that's all right. I have water. I'm alive, so it's not that bad, right? I think you guys are going to enjoy this podcast, although I haven't done the interview yet. I wanted to do the intro before I did the interview. My guest on this podcast is a cop from North Carolina who also has Tourette. Judging by the people that left questions on Instagram, I don't think uh, most people know a whole lot about Tourette's. I know I didn't really know anything about Tourette's until the South Park episode, which is probably not the best way to learn about it. And then after that, uh, there's Tourette's Cop on Instagram. I think he's on Facebook too. And I've seen some of his stuff. Seems like a good dude. Uh, But the guy I'm going to talk to reached out and said, hey, I really like the podcast, you should have Tourette's Cops on, I have Tourette's, and I was like, yeah, let's fucking have you on, man, so he uh, graciously volunteered to come on, and uh, he's going to talk a little bit about that, we're going to talk about policing in North Carolina, and all that stuff, so hopefully this episode is enlightening about being a cop and having Tourette's, but before we do that, I'll just give a big shout out and a big thanks to the sponsor of your Sunday podcast, and that is Officer Privacy. You guys know I've been talking about these guys for a long, long time. Even came up last podcast, my guest was talking about cops in Oregon being doxxed, and anytime there's a shooting, protests show up at these officers' houses. This is why Officer Privacy is so important. Your personal information is available to anyone with an internet connection. This information includes home address, phone numbers, names of relatives, and more. If you Google your name and the city you live in, you will see dozens of people search sites exposing your private information. This information can be used by stalkers, criminals, and identity thieves. This is dangerous, but something can be done about it. You can remove yourself from these sites and take your privacy back. Finding these sites that have your information and going through the removal process can be time-consuming and frustrating. Each site has their own unique opt out procedure, and many will not delete your information the first time you ask. And you got to keep track of it, too. Then, after you're removed, you will be relisted on the website so the cycle starts all over again. It's where Office of Privacy comes in. Check these guys out. It'll be well worth your time. All right. I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet. Another reminder, the relationship episode of the podcast is coming up. DM, email me your relationship issues. Me and Dispatcher Mo will try and solve them for you. Some of you may be able to actually come on the podcast if you're available at that time to discuss the issue with me and Mo. Get those in soon. That will be, I think, in two or three podcasts from now. The next podcast I have planned is probably going to be a little out of control, but I think you guys will enjoy it. We'll see if that one happens or not. What the fuck else did I want to talk about? Oh, and then just a reminder, the uh, sale on my merch is still going on. The FML 22 sale. Because my yard was turned into a pond briefly. That seems like a reasonable way to make money to pay for repairs is to sell t shirts. So uh, go check out some poorly made merch, FML22, at checkout, and you will get a little discount. With that said, let's go check out our band for this week. This week, I got a little country action for you. I've got the man, the myth, the legend, Seth Mills, and his song Riverbank. He's a police officer out in Tennessee. You know, find him on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Seth Mills, and I'll have his tags in the description of the podcast. All right, be right back with the Muted podcast. Rolling fast, burning up this room. I can hear those thirty-three. Remember back, roll the radio down for me. When we were Jack and Diane in this modern world, my hands between your knees. and the moment you've all been waiting for i can't believe i'm gonna fucking call him this name but i have my friend twitches his idea not mine on the horn twitches how are you pal
1: i'm well man how are you doing
0: i'm uh i'm living that dream man the uh typical answer of all time how's the uh weather out in north carolina tonight
1: um it's actually not terrible where i'm at uh Fifty degrees this evening, so I have no complaints. It's been fairly rough for the last two or three weeks.
0: You motherfuckers got snow, right? And that was like a big deal out there. Oh, dude, you would have thought that that the apocalypse was upon
1: us the way that the stores have been bought out. Oh, my God. And it was
0: got to get the bread milk,
1: dude. Just a little bit of snow. However, to be fair, the way we fair (laughs) is Absolutely ridiculous. Like an inch of snow will shut us down in a heartbeat.
0: One of my best friends from Colorado, he moved out that way, and he was posting pictures in the snow. He's like, people are losing their fucking minds, and this is like an inch of snow. Where you know Colorado, we're talking feet sometimes.
1: Dude, it's ridiculous. And then like, like the uh, cities and stuff, they know that it's coming, and instead of putting. (laughs) All right, Michael Scott, instead of putting down, (laughs) instead of uh, putting down salt and sand and scraping the roads, they just don't know what to do. So you have two types of people, the people that stay home and just run out of everything or not because they've already bought every store out. Or as soon as they see it and it sticks to the ground, they're like, huh, I wonder if my 1999 Honda Lowered Honda Accord two-wheel drive can handle this. And then they promptly get stuck or cause a wreck.
0: Yep, that's that's the way it goes. Well, and if it makes you feel any better, the places where it does snow, people act like they've never seen it before when it, when it happens. It's <sighs> fairly easy. Just slow down a little bit, leave some space. You'll be yeah. fine. If you don't do those things, you will not be fine. It's very simple. Or if you but- don't know what you're doing, just stay home. Hey, no, dude, I got to go get my uh, Marlboros. I got to go get my uh, Cheetos and I got to get Mountain Dew. So fuck you. I'm going out.
1: What are you going to do without Mountain Dew? I dare you to look in any pickup truck down here and not see a bottle of some type of Mountain Dew.
0: I got to be honest. And the fact that we're talking about Mountain Dew right now is kind of amazing. I didn't know that we would be here, but I drink a lot of Mountain Dew in my teenage years when I worked at gas stations overnight. That was before the days of energy drinks. So that was, that's what you had. It was fucking Mountain Dew. or Surge. I, yeah. Well, Surge was a little before that. I Surge is
1: legit, but it was, it, I was happy when it came back, but it's gone again.
0: Yeah, those were good times. Yeah, I made sure to actually go to Burger King so I could get Surge. Do you want anything else? No, I just want to Surge. But <laughs> Yeah, I can't do Mountain Dew anymore. It just, it grosses me out. It just reminds me of working at shady gas stations in the middle of the night. That and Cosmic Brownies, that was like my lunch. No wonder I'm fucking fat. It
1: depends on what I'm feeling. Like, sometimes uh, Mountain Dew is my go-to. Other times, I might want something like a root beer or ginger ale. Or um, have you ever had non-alcoholic ginger beer? It's more of a mixer.
0: Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. I'm going to dime myself out. I had on this podcast what I thought I saw ginger beer and Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, this tastes fucking good. And my brother sends me a text message and he's like, you fucking buffoon, that's a mixer. And I was like, (laughs) no, dude, I swear it said 4% alcohol on the can. And I stand by that, but I can't find the can. So I might have had a mixer.
1: There are alcoholic ginger beers. However, there is also ginger beer that doesn't have alcohol. It's just for mixers, and it's typically used in, like, a Kentucky mule or a Moscow mule.
0: Do you remember that old Adam Sandler bit where he – it's like – I forget which CD it's on, the old Adam Sandler CD, if you ever listen to him, where he's, like, selling the kid, like, you know, oregano. And he's like, oh, man, this weed's so great. And he's like, no, no, actually, that's oregano. (laughs) Uh, that's kind of what the gingerbread thing was or gingerbread, the ginger beer thing was for me. So I can't confirm or deny if I'm a tool or not. We'll see. As Um, long as you put it, who cares? Exactly. It was delicious though. I will say that now enough about Mountain Dews. And of course I get a, a yingling. I haven't had whiskey and Coke in a while. What what the fuck are you drinking, man?
1: I am actually drinking. Um, I am drinking Elijah Craig and, uh, topped off with a little bit of Sprite.
0: Now when you said Elijah Craig, it sounds like a dude. What the fuck I, is Elijah Craig?
1: Elijah Craig is a bourbon. Um, it's a pretty good bourbon. I wouldn't say so it's a little more it's it's like one shelf higher than Jack like one or two shelves higher than Jack Daniel's. So like not top top shelf, but it's like it's like 30 40 bucks for a fifth at at most abc stores around here well yeah. maybe
0: if i'm out that way, i've never heard of it but it could be a thing
1: now if you were
0: out this way have you ever had bojangles are you gonna bring up bojangles again <laughs> oh man i was actually just talking to that dude uh me and him talk star wars all the time the guy from uh god i don't remember what number the podcast it was but it oh, was, we the called
1: uh, it company cop
0: yes um dude, i think the episode was called off the rails or something like that That dude's fucking fantastic. And yeah, we were talking Star Wars things. That guy's awesome.
1: I, so I was mowing my grass. Um, The notification popped up as I started my lawnmower, um, I think, or like it popped up and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go mow my grass. Cause typically I'll listen to a podcast when I'm mowing my grass or when I'm getting ready for work. And I listened to that podcast while I was mowing my grass dude I had to st- like I had to stop the lawnmower at one point I was laughing so hard
0: yeah that was honestly one of the one of the great ones that one's way up there easily in the top 10 maybe top five
1: he was so funny and so good-natured
0: yeah <clears throat> let's talk about you a little bit man um, I introduced you a little bit in the uh, intro to this podcast which you haven't heard yet but <laughs> you reached out to me. And, you know, basically said, hey, I'm enjoying the podcast. And you said, hey, you should try and get Tourette's Cop on. And you said you had Tourette's. And I was like, no, fuck it. Let's have you on. So for the people out there, because there's a lot of people, including myself, that don't know shit about Tourette's. And I first learned of it, honestly, from that South Park episode, which I know upon reading up on a little bit, that's not exactly what Tourette's is. There's not a bunch of people out there cussing thing that's like only one aspect or certain people have that tell the people a little bit about Tourette's so the
1: one where you just like randomly curse and blurt out dirty things like that um it's that that's a form of Tourette's called coprolalia um I only know that word because uh occasionally when I do have to explain it you know I've I've had it for Well, I was diagnosed probably when I was six or seven, um, which at the time that was really early and Tourette's was a very new thing back then. Um, So I was diagnosed really early and really young for most people. Um, And that's the one that everybody knows about. So that's the form that I know of. I don't remember the name of the form that I have, but it's basically a neurological disorder where you, where you. Just have like random impulses or you like you really can't control um certain vocal and physical movements <clears throat> um like for me like yeah, during the podcast some of you'll probably hear me stutter clear my throat you might hear me it'll sound like i'm blowing my nose or like i'm um being snarky like uh but um it's really just a kick and uh some of the physical ones that i have like i shift my shoulders. I uh, nod my head. So a lot of people think that I'm a lot more friendly than I really am. And they'll think that I'm saying hello. Um, Which I don't really like people that much, but I happen, you know, it's forced me to be a friendly guy. Um, I also, there's this thing that I do with one of my arms where it kind of looks like I'm doing the the old arm circles that the 1995 gym coaches used to have us do before gym class.
0: Oh, we still had to do those when I was in the Academy, bro. And in warm-ups, friend service, we're still doing that shit.
1: So I've actually got some really funny stories from policing that involved Tourette's. So I am not the first person from my first agency that that it was widely known that they had Tourette's. Um, My very first FTO uh, at my first agency also had Tourette's, and that led to some
0: fun times. Well, let's do this, man. We'll have some fucking story time. Well, let's uh, let's kind of go through your career a little bit. So, you've been in policing since 2015, right?
1: Correct. Yeah, we. I started the academy early in 2015. Um, I don't remember when I went solo exactly, um, but um, but I've been in law enforcement since 2015. Um, September of 2019, I left the agency, my first agency, and I went to. Uh, another sort of neighboring agency, uh, November of 2019. And I am very happy where I'm at now.
0: Let's talk about first agency a little bit. And Mm -hmm. you said that was the agency that they had another officer with Tourette's?
1: Yes. So, and I'm not going to say his name, because if anybody from around here does listen to the podcast, they will immediately know who it is. And if they figure out who I am, they'll still know who I'm talking about. But none of the stories are that bad anyway um so you know how at the beginning of every uh every academy they call it different things whether it's you know stress day um it's the day trying to try and get you to quit shark attack day whatever it is
0: ours was called black tuesday or that's black, what we called it
1: uh ours was just stress inoculation number one <laughs> super basic um well basically they take you out and smoke you right so they bring us into our indoor shooting range and we're all lined up and they've a uh, slim Jim, some people's cars open and took all their stuff and stuck it in the middle of the floor and it's thrown it everywhere. And they're grilling us and we're getting PT'd and, um, we're standing at attention. And the guy who ran the Academy old Marine with big old banana looking finger hands, like giant hands. And his fingers were crooked and looked like banana fingers. Um, To this day, still one of the, like, so hardcore during the academy, but out of the academy, cool guy. And I'm, like, doing my thing, and I'm shifting my shoulders, and I'm twitching and making noise, and he tells me four or five times, you know, to be at attention, and he gets to me, and he's like, what's wrong with you? Why why, why can't you unfuck yourself? And I'm like, "Uh, I have Tourette's, sir. And he goes, oh, another one. And I was like, uh... Yeah. And he goes, is that going to be a problem on the firing range? And I said, uh, I hope not, sir.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> the worst answer. <laughs> I hope not.
1: Um, <laughs> as it turns out, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not going to say that I'm the best cause I've seen some pretty good shooters. I, I hold my own. Um, and then for this particular agency, it's always been a super progressive, agency Uh, but this was right at the end of when that agency was still fun so as a joke the academy for my first FTO coach put me with the the only other person in the department with Tourette's because they thought it would be funny to stick two people with Tourette's in the same uh, four Taurus for 11 hours at a time four days a week how'd that go uh needless to say we bumped elbows a lot.
0: Am I an um, asshole for laughing? <laughs> no, dude. Tourette's is one of those
1: things where like yes for some people it's it's tough. However, if you can't laugh at at yourself, you know, who who can you really laugh at? It's it's Tourette's is funny. That's why South Park did an episode on it. Um and like the the part of the city we were in was it was the roughest part of the city and you know you heard stories from the academy how like if you go here, you're gonna get into a fight everybody you know every night uh people are gonna tell you to go fuck yourself this and that can can I say that word on your podcast? I said oh, twice you snap
0: you can cuss all you want, pal. Oh, wonderful.
1: that's uh my mother's Irish Italian and uh from New York, so it's kind of bred into me. Um, are we so, brothers? Did we just become best friends?
0: We might, but anyway, continue. You want to build so, a bunk bed,
1: Dale? No power tools.
0: <laughs> There'll be so much more room for activities.
1: <laughs> I can just imagine us doing high kicks right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can see it. The karate this in the garage how will be we do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so much blood. Anyway, all right. Sorry to interrupt your story, but but go on. So, like night one, right?
1: Uh, we already have each other amped up like our Tourette's are just the worst that they've ever been um and we got so night one we go to this hot call there's like a giant disorder with like 40 people there was alleged gunshots and all sorts of stuff um and we get there and my FTO is like all right now where do you want to park and I'm like well I guess not too close so me being fresh and green, I park like a block away and he's like, oh, God damn it. But uh, so as we're walking up, though, and like we can hear the disorder, I start amping up. So my FTO starts amping up. And by the time we get there, we either look like we're on crack or like we are warming up just to whoop some serious ass. And from a distance, I saw this one guy look at us. And he starts, like, pushing his hands down, like, telling the crowd to calm down. Dude, I got names, dates of birth, phone numbers. People were offering me their email accounts, their, their social media. And I was like, hey, I thought that this was supposed to be a tough side of town. Everybody's so nice. And later on, somebody complained that, that the two officers who showed up were way too aggressive. And I'm like, what are you talking about?
0: Now, I guess that that's interesting to me. So, people with Tourette's can kind of feed off of each other. Is that part of the? Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Um. Oh yeah. Like, like he and I sit next to each. So, um. So later on, a few years later, right, we would end up on the same squad, and um, we'd be sitting at court next to each other, and uh like in in the little officer area and just like the attorneys would just like stop and stare at us because dude we would just be going bonkers like it 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 was a sight to be seen and then uh,
0: i didn't know that was a thing but i mean it it makes sense yeah
1: well and then at the time um we had the shoulder mounted uh shoulder mounted um uh axon cameras that looked like the little twix bar um And the the sergeant that I had at the time, because I was in FTO, he would have to review all my body camera footage and he would have to take Dramamine because I bounced my shoulders so much. He would get sick watching my body camera videos.
0: (laughs) Again, I feel like an asshole for laughing. (laughs) No, it's funny.
1: All right. You want to hear the a story that that's going to make you feel really bad about laughing?
0: Let's hear it, man. All right. So I'm going to start drinking. I'm going to open another beer, by the way.
1: I'll probably have to go downstairs and get more whiskey here shortly. So day one solo, very first day by myself, right? Uh, me and a guy that I graduated the academy with, uh, we go to a disturbance with this female who dude, she is all of five by five. And she is so angry. Um, do you know what I mean when I say five by five?
0: Yeah. Uh, feet tall and wide. Correct. Oh, oh yeah. Dude, she's so angry.
1: Um, and mind you, this is night one, not with an FTO. Um, and I've worked. So I've worked for sh- or um, I've worked graveyards my entire time. So night one by myself, we show up. And she's, you know, yelling at us and telling us this whole thing. And um, like I said before, one of my ticks can sound like I'm laughing or scoffing at someone and uh, me being fresh and green, you know, I get amped up and she's like, see, this is why I hate cops. I've got a problem and you're laughing at me. And I said, no, 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 ma'am. And cause you know, we're progressive and I want to, bond with the community I tried to explain to her and I say no ma'am I'm I'm not laughing at you I just have Tourette's you know what Tourette's syndrome is and she goes yeah I was a nurse it means you're a retard having motherfucker (laughs) and dude (laughs) what my jaw just drops my partner starts laughing and I'm just like oh well this is different okay
0: (laughs) Uh, I, I would imagine, well, let me start with this. Obviously, I, based on what you're saying, the cops, other guys on your department kind of gave you a hard time, but it was good natured for the most part. Right.
1: Right. So, I mean, we're both the agencies that I've been with, um, if you're not getting picked on, that's when you should worry because that's when you're not liked. If, if you're just left alone, people don't like you was good natured sometimes i'll make jokes about myself a lot of times i'll make jokes about myself
0: now what about the community though because obviously you know that lady wasn't very tolerant what i mean is that has that been an issue for you out and about on calls where you have to explain that to folks are people usually pretty understanding or how's that work
1: so as i've gone on you know i've gotten more comfortable um and when I was, so I was probably 30, I was probably 13. Right. Um, and growing up, I had, um, I, it's fair to say that I was a little bit slow growing up. Right. I had to work really hard to get where I'm at now. Um, so I had what's called an IEP an individualized education plan. Um, and a lot of it had to do with my Tourette's cause I, and I have ADD, um, out my ears, but, I would, I would get distracted during like testing and whatnot, because I would be trying to suppress my tics. And then, um, I, I I wouldn't like, I would only finish a third of my test. So I had extended time for testing. So I would have to leave the room and go to another room. Um, and when I did that, I got done, you know, early, like before the testing was completed. And I was like, you know what, maybe I'm not dumb. Um, maybe I just need to like figure out something else. So at a young age, I learned how to, on purpose, I would repeat certain things, um, that in the hopes that I would develop new ticks that would take over or take the place of the more noticeable ticks. Cause I, I, I used to have a very audible throat click, um, and a couple other things that were distracting, not only to me, but to my classmates. Um, So I learned how to develop new ticks that were less noticeable and less distracting at an early age. Um, So fortunately, that's carried on to my adult life. And now I'm able to, I, I don't get I'm a firm believer that if you put yourself in stressful situations more often then when the shit really does hit the fan, you're, you're not going to be nearly as stressed and you can compose yourself better. So with that, um, not as many of my tips are quite as noticeable. Um, all, a lot of times people don't know unless I tell them.
0: Gotcha. Well, yeah, initially, honestly, talking to you initially, I was like, I wouldn't like, if I didn't know, I wouldn't have known, you know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah. Most, so most people don't like if you and I were to ever hang out in, in person, now that you know, kind of what they are with the little, like I'll, I'll puff air out of my nose or I shift my shoulders quite a bit. Um, the, the arm thing, like kind kind of looks like I'm just readjusting where my shirt. So it, I, I on purpose develop things that look natural, right? Like, like, like I'm readjusting my shirt or blowing air out of my nose. You really can't hear it. Now, if you're in the car with me, it's going to drive you crazy. Cause you, you know, you're going to feel this puffs of air on your arm hair. Um, you. but, but for the most part, you don't know, or the, the head twitches. That's the one that a lot that most people still know. And they're like, are you saying hello? Or, and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to talk to you.
0: I gotcha. It's cool that you overcame a lot of that stuff. My understanding too, is it kind of depends on the level. Cause you'd mentioned, I think before we started recording is for some people, it can be really debilitating because there's really, there's not any control. Is that right? Is that your understanding of it?
1: Yes. So like and I was very fortunate growing up that I had a good group of friends that the schools that I grew up in and the groups that I grew up with, which, you know, being in, you know, the you wouldn't think you, you would think that where we grew up growing up in the middle of the country in North Carolina, that bullying would be more prevalent. But it just really wasn't. Um, um, we I grew up with a lot of really good people. Um, and so it was never an issue in any time. And like even growing up as, as kids, right. We would make jokes because it, it's funny. Um, we would even mess with the teachers. Like we had this one substitute teacher. She was, she had to have been 80 and, um, and she didn't think that Tourette's was a real thing. And like, she would send me out of the classroom every time, um, every time. And so like, Um, which, so it got to the point that we all just started messing with her. Um, God, we were, golly, we, we, we ended up being really mean to that woman and she refused to substitute for our class anymore. But, um, but like I grew up with good people, so it, it really wasn't that bad. And then even in, in my adult life, because I have a such, I have such a good attitude about it that. I guess it helps me. And other people are like, while we joke about it, nobody's ever really mean. Um, however, I follow a couple groups on social media and it's like, dude, some of these people, they just seem like they're in a really bad way with like uh, depression or just anxiety, whatever. And then, um, I, I, have never really spoken to them and I don't know them, but, uh, uh the social media guy, Tourette's cop. Um, if you watch any of his stuff, his ticks are way more prevalent than mine, but he's st- like, it doesn't seem to affect his job. And he has a really good attitude and outlook on, on life.
0: would the next thing I was going to bring up was him and I I don't know that I've ever talked to him. I might have, and I've seen a few of his videos, but I, I was watching one the other day where it seems like the ticks are so bad that it's actually, it's causing injury to his back and he's having like some issues with his back. Is that something that you've had to deal with is injuries essentially caused by the ticks?
1: Um, fortunately, um, fortunately the worst that I've had is like dry nose and my nose will bleed or um, most recent. So my, and like earlier I made it kind of sound like I control my ticks better than I really do. Um, cause there's, there's times when they are worse. Um, and there's time, I mean, still to this day, um, there's times when new ones pop up, like the newest one that I've noticed in the last couple months is grinding my teeth. Not so much when I'm asleep, like I, I grind, I, I'll, I'll catch myself just sitting somewhere and I'll grind my teeth like really bad. And I have, I don't know where that came from um occasionally I'll end up with a headache from it but it's like I don't have near the issues most people do fortunately
0: Uh, on the job when you're like let's say you're in a fight or something like that do they do the ticks become worse or is it one of those things where the adrenaline's pumping and you don't even really notice
1: um so I don't even notice when I'm fighting when I'm or like even when I'm on the range practicing shooting I don't really notice um now after a fight um you know i'll tick for for a little while um obviously but well i guess not obviously because most people don't know but um so after a fight i will tick a little bit more but i don't notice during the fight prior to a fight i don't really notice them much um it might be because and i'm i'm big on training right like I consider myself to be a fat slob, but most people don't. Um, Just knowing, knowing the fitness levels that I've been at compared to where I'm at now, I feel like a fat slob. And then,
0: bro, oh (laughs) man, I saw some of my pictures out of the academy and I looked at myself and I'm like, what happened?
1: dude, 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 I, when I look at pictures from before I was a cop, so before I was a cop, I coached, I coached CrossFit. Yeah, I know. Make the jokes. Um, I did some personal training and I also did warehousing. I I worked in warehousing for almost 10 years. So super active guy, right? I tried to gain weight and I couldn't get above 190, 185. Like most of the time I was about 185. Uh, Now, dude, trying to get below 225 or, or even, Like like trying to get below 225, 220, oh, my God, it's the hardest thing.
0: Yeah, you're you're preaching to the choir, bro. As you get older, it it doesn't want to fall off like it used to.
1: In my fighting abilities, though, like I've not lost a fight. I've trained – like I don't go to any particular school. I don't have as much formal training as a lot of people, but I take it upon myself to – train more than most so in a fight i'm pretty confident so i don't take that bad
0: makes sense and i think and i'm obviously not from a medical background at all but i would be curious if because the mind's occupied with something else that it kind of forgets if that makes any sense
1: um yes actually a lot of times that is a thing um now, there are times of extreme stress where it doesn't matter what you do, it's going to happen. Um, for example, in the academy, when when we got pepper sprayed, right? Um, and this, so here's weird. After I got tased, dude, I didn't tick where myself or any of my friends noticed for a week. I didn't tick for a week after I got tased. When we got pepper sprayed, it exacerbated my ticks for almost three months. Wow. I don't know. Then again, pepper spray is highly effective on me in particular. I don't even carry it on my belt anymore.
0: I fucking hate that shit. I got stories. Did, did,
1: did you accidentally a- expose your wife to it a couple of days later?
0: Oh, no, no. I have stories about friendly fire from cops fucking pepper spraying me when i'm fighting with some dude it was awesome
1: dude so three days later right my ex and i went to have some um so i had to to have an intimate moment
0: so you guys were going to talk about poorly made police memes okay sounds good
1: correct yeah yeah and uh let's just um we she was like why you know so why something burns. And I'm like, what? And dude, I had washed, I had brushed my fingernails. Like I thought that it was good to go. Like we both did. Uh, I I bet I took 30 showers in three days. We ended up having to go to the ER to get her flushed out because there was an accidental down under exposure. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) (laughs) And she's my ex.
0: So, so I can laugh about it. Oh my God. That's, that's awful. I have... No, we're not going to talk about that right now. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to the podcast. I want to talk to you about my buddy Brad Williams over at Police Fit. You guys see him on the page every single Monday on Poorly Made Police Memes. Brad's going to help the new applicants and active officers smash their fitness and regain their health. Brad has 11 years experience in the fitness industry 17 years in the military and is also a first responder. He's going to share his experience and expertise to help applicants get their dream job and help active first responders regain their health. That's police fit. And I'll have a link for you on the podcast description back to the podcast. I guess we'll jump back into policing and uh, not emergency room disasters right now. (laughs) So you were with that, that old agency, you left in 2019 Uh, When we were talking a little bit earlier, uh, you mentioned there was a little bit of a, we'll say controversy when you left, which you you didn't tell me anything about. So I'm I'm curious to hear about all that.
1: So I will say that at my first agency, I had a lot of fun. Um, There were two guys that I did a lot of dope work with. Um, When I first started out, they kind of took me under their wing and they taught me dope work. Um, Now at the time, uh, we were ordered not to do traffic stops unless it was for a registration violation. So like most equipment stuff, we weren't allowed to stop for. We started doing a lot of hotel motel interdiction and we had three motels in our area and we cleaned up. Um, and that's where I learned how to do dope work, gang work, um, find guns, that sort of stuff. Does um, anybody... This is my personal opinion, right? Yes, drugs are bad. They hurt people. They hurt families. But with the way that most, with the way that most counties and DAs handle dope now, you don't do dope work for the dope anymore. You do it to find guns. So um, those two guys went to, one of them went vice. The other one went to, um, went to another detective's unit and we ended up so and I at three years in I was the guy on my squad that everybody came to to ask questions um including some of the guys that had like 10 plus years and I was like dude this is not the environment I want to be in I don't feel like I'm learning here um so I, I went to a squad that was widely considered to be a powerhouse squad um like me and another guy that I graduated with had the least amount of experience. Everybody else on that squad, like the other twelve guys on the squad, had ten plus years experience. One of them had been a road dog for twenty five years, right? So, I went here to learn. Um, and me and my buddy from the academy, he was big into guns. So we used my dope knowledge and his gun knowledge, and we were killing it. We were, I mean, we were getting, we were getting more guns a week. In a month than some of the specialty units. Um, and at the time we had great command staff, like our corporal and sergeant always always backed us. They they were phenomenal. Um, but and so our lieutenant and our captain at the time, um, I mean, they were giving us praise, letters of accommodations, like it was great. Uh, but mind you, it is a very progressive city. Um that didn't like us doing work well we got new captain new lieutenant and they were like all right you guys need to slow down and we were like no we're killing it um so I made a mistake first right before my buddy did I made a mistake I am big on ownership um through when I went through my divorce um I do I went through therapy for a year that's a different conversation though um, I went to therapy weekly for a year and something that I had to learn was taking ownership and accountability. Right. So I can I can say that I made a mistake. Um, I messed up. Um, and but it it wasn't to the level that they took it. Right. Um, I was put on administrative duties. Um, they said that I had violated Fourth Amendments twice. And I, I got an attorney, um, and I have case law to support that I did not violate Fourth Amendment. And they claimed, what else did they claim? There was like nine different things that they brought down on me. There was also an IA investigator that that was looking to get promoted. Um, And this, and I had gotten into an argument with with this captain, and I had essentially. Without calling him a pussy, I called him a pussy um, in front of a bunch of people. And so I got humbled really freaking fast Um, is essentially the the best way to put it. Right. The I I made I made a couple of small errors on this one particular call for service. And then I made the big error of trying of thinking that I could go toe to toe with with somebody who is command staff level. And that's just dumb. Like you're, you're not going to win that battle. I don't care what kind of case law you have. You're, you're just not going to win that battle. Um, so, um, we got through that investigation and he thought I was going to get fired. Um, I did not, I actually hold the record at, at that agency still for the longest suspension without getting let go, which is 96, 96 hours. Um, And then while I was on that suspension, he brought up a use of force that had been pre that had already been cleared. Like the investigation was over and it had been cleared. And, um, some people that I was pretty close with at a high level, uh, pretty much told me that that investigation was fudged. And they, when it went to the hearing, um, they recommended termination, but gave me the option to resign. So, um, they, they said, listen, there'll be a chief's hearing in two weeks. Um, and I was like, all right, so what does that mean? And they said, well, you'll be paid for the next two weeks. Um, and then you'll have a chief's hearing and then it'll be sent over to the city manager and they'll decide whether or not you'll be fired. I said, okay. So at that two week mark, I just went ahead and turned in my, they, they were telling me to resign without saying, Hey, you need to resign. So I did that.
0: Let me ask you this. So you're I appreciate you took ownership and you know, you admit you fucked up. It is kind of what it is. And I think being a cop in the the goalpost always changing, there's gonna be a time that you're gonna make a mistake. And I think, and we were talking about this earlier, um, before we started recording, is there's a lot of dudes that don't take ownership in their fuck ups, and it costs them. Uh I'll be straight up. There's guys that I know why they were fired from their departments and I'll see them post on poorly made and they're lying about what happens to them. They're straight up lying. So, and I don't know why that is. I don't know why people just decide to kind of fudge what happens. I mean, you just have to admit when you fucked up. Um, I've fucked up throughout my whole entire life. And and that's a human experience, this
1: this is like this is my account. Right. There's while while I'm trying to be as honest as as I can, um, you know, I, I still hold some animosity for that one particular captain. And um, and I and I I don't believe that
0: he should be in law enforcement.
1: I, I really don't. I think he's dangerous. I think he's going to get people hurt. Um, there's
0: so many of those dudes in leadership positions right now,
1: but in his personal life, he's a good guy, right? Like he is, I, I, I can honestly say that he is a good guy in his personal life. He's very charitable. Um, there's a lot of philanthropy stuff that he's very involved in. That's great causes that I support wholeheartedly. And this is my account, right? This, this is how I feel about it. And then there's his account. Um, and then there's somewhere in the middle. There's what really happened. Maybe I messed up worse than I thought I did. I don't know. Um, he obviously thought I did. Um, do I feel like I should have gotten time off? Not more than two days. I I will, if it was me, uh, putting discipline down on myself, I would have said two days suspension without pay. Um, and that's just me personally.
0: So let me ask you this, and I want to make sure I, I understand what happened. So basically, so they say they hit you up and said, hey, you fucked up these two calls. There were Fourth Amendment violations. And, so and one, had- of
1: them, one of them was actually um, a woman called in and filed a formal complaint saying that I was rude. Uh, the eye investigator went in and looked at the body camera and it was around the time of promotions and said and. Um, and we just got that new captain, and he said, "Hey, man, there's all these other, you know, potent." He he called them potential violations. Um, so that, that new captain that I had just embarrassed, um, and this IA, uh, investigator, they they ran with it, and then when I didn't get, um, when they didn't recommend termination on that one, um, they brought up a closed a closed use of force that um, they claim, they claimed that it was excessive. They claimed that it was unjustified and they claimed that I failed to notify a supervisor. I notified three supervisors. There was that. So there was the, for, for daytime, nighttime, there's one. So each district has two lieutenants and a captain. But daytime and nighttime, there's one lieutenant who's the acting watch commander. I told that person, I told a corporal, and I told a sergeant. I said, hey, uh, so basically, right, we went to a shooting at a liquor house. Um, and one guy got shot in the leg. We threw a quick tourniquet on him, no big deal. Another guy got shot twice in the chest uh, by 762. My buddy, um, he's been to a bunch of TAC medic schools. Um, I don't know that much about it. So I was like, all right, buddy, I got seen security f- for you. You do work. Um, he's good enough that I would rather him be working on me than most EMTs. Um, so I said, you do work. Um, he had people all, all over his back. So I'm clearing people. And then there's one little girl, she might've weighed 90, hundred pounds, um, sitting under the victim. She was holding pressure with the shirt on his back. And I said, listen, hon, you gotta move. And she and she said, I'm not moving. Um, I'm 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 holding this shirt. I said, and I was like, all right, fair enough. You hold that shirt there. But when when EMS gets here, you gotta go. Like you, you've got to move and get out of their way. So EMS gets there. She refuses to move. I literally picked her up like a child and set her down. I don't know, maybe. 15, 20 feet away. Um, didn't toss her. I set her down and then I back up and I start holding security again. Well, she tries to charge through me and I said, get back. And I extend my arms and she falls down. Um, mind you, we're at a liquor house that's known for gang members. So she's super drunk. Um, she does that three more times. And I, w- I was trying to be fair, right? This is her friend. Um, and I didn't want to arrest her over something petty. Hindsight, I should have put her in handcuffs when she wouldn't move and sit her in, in, in a car. Handcuffs come off just as easily as they go on, right? Yep. So in hindsight, that's what I should have done. Instead, I knocked her over four times and I went to put handcuffs on her. And she says, if you give me my purse, I'll leave you, you know, I'll, I'll leave you alone. And I said, okay. So I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's her friend. She's emotionally distraught. She's drunk and not thinking rationally. And I'm like, why charge her with something petty? So I give her her, her purse and she goes, um, on the outskirts, she's still running her mouth, but she's not in the way. Um, and I go back and I try and talk, talk to her later, like, Hey, do you understand why this happened? And like, I, I tried to smooth it over. Um, I didn't see any injury. I didn't notice any injury. She didn't complain to me. Um, but, uh, in, 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 between when it happened and when I talked to her, I told those three supervisors, Hey, this is what happened. And they were like, nah, I think she should be good. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, and that's the one that they ended up, uh, get me on. And mind you in the same month, I got a life-saving award and I was officer of the month for my district. Um, and what else? Me and that partner, we got, we had a competition to see who could get the most guns. And between the two of us, we got 31 guns between the two of us in one month.
0: Now, let me ask you this. Do you think, well, here I have two questions, but the first being, was there anything the union could do? I mean, I, it's crazy to me that they could reopen an investigation that you'd already been cleared on. How the fuck does that work?
1: Dude, I don't know. Straight up. I don't know. This is a, this was a really big agency that had a lot of power. Um, nobody. So nobody has ever won a civil case against this agency. This agency has always been able to just settle out of court.
0: I think, and I think yeah. a lot of agencies do do that now, just because they don't want to pay the big bucks that go in the court. It's, but it's and, and it's that's a flaw. It's to me, it's like a flawed logic because basically, anytime you settle, you're kind of even though you might have them sign disclosures like we're not admitting fault, we just don't want to go to court. It's still perceptions, reality. It still looks how it looks. It still looks like you lost the case. The second well, thing I was going to ask you though is. Do you think he would have gone after you if you hadn't said what you said to him during the initial investigation?
1: Um yes. Um just because he he told me and my buddy to slow down and we all but said no. What we we didn't say no, we just kept doing what we were doing, right? We we were, you know, we were young and dumb and we're like, okay, yeah, you know, whatever. We're we're hard chargers. And we're like, no, like we're, we're having way too much fun. Um, And I did, I had a blast at that agency. You want to talk about busy, buddy. Even, even if you didn't want to do anything proactive, you were going to get into something just because. So we were still answering those answer. We, we showed up to all of those calls. We were being proactive. Like we were having fun Um, shortly after like, within months after I left, they started screwing around with my partner and now my partner sits in a parking lot. Um, and I fought him zero. He's got a good thing going there now. He's an FTO and he's got a good thing going now. Um, and he's trying to protect that. And he is a phenomenal cop. Uh, one of the best that I've ever worked with. Um, I tried to get him to come over to where I am, but you know, he's, he's going to ride it out. He's making
0: too much money. Makes sense. I mean, well, and that's, and that's an argument that can kind of go round and round. I don't want to rehash that. I I was on the the street cop podcast a little while back and me and old Den talked about that a little bit. And I, I mean, I obviously I'm the, uh, I'm the dude. I took that jump and got out, but, I see why people stay and there are compelling reasons to stay and you got to ultimately do what's best for you. So I, I can't fault anybody.
1: Well, Like, so I had considered going to a different agency a few times before this happened. And I was like, and like it, it gets all of us, you know, we, we're scared of the unknown and you always hear, you know, grass isn't always greener. Um, Fortunately for me in my circumstance, the grass is way greener. It's thicker. It's luscious. You could take a nap in it. It's great. Like I like I was making a ton of off-duty. I, I don't hardly I work off duty twice a year now. Um I, I like there's two major events a year that I work off duty. And then <clears throat> I work off duty September through November to make Christmas money for the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, uh, I went from at, at my first agency, I took one to three days off a month. Other than that, I was either working regular duty or off duty. I mean, I lived in a uniform.
0: Now, when you went to this new agency, did they have questions or was it, you know, since you kind of left in that cloud from your other agency, did you have a hard time getting Lateraling over. So
1: I called one of my buddies when I towards the back end of the second investigation, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um, they got the water got real muddy. They wouldn't answer questions. And I was like, hold on, this doesn't feel right. Um, so I, at that point, i like, I had already decided that I was going to leave anyway, even if they hadn't recommended termination, I was going to leave anyway. Um, so I called my buddy who had gone to this other nearby agency and he seemed to really enjoy it. Um and I and I called him and I said, Hey man, this is what I got going on. Do you think y'all will take me? And he said, Absolutely. Um, let me call the recruiter. He said, wait, he said, wait five minutes and then call this phone number. I call the phone number and the recruiter answers, and the recruiter was amazing. Um, absolutely amazing she got me hired uh or well, i already said she so <clears throat> so i can fix got, that
0: don't worry just say they got you hired
1: okay they got me hired in six weeks basically so they got me hired in six weeks um and it was amazing uh you know we we're not perfect we're a medium-sized agency so we still have the excitement of the bigger cities, but a lot of our politics is more small city. So you have the best of both worlds. We are, we are not, we are not perfect. You know, we've, every agency has their issues, but from a leadership standpoint, I can say that it is night and day better.
0: So here's, here's some story time because I wanted to, talk some leadership stuff and and here's a story to relate
1: you remember those old vines story
0: time i don't remember those old vines i i was late into vine and right when i started getting into vine it went away um which really pissed me off (laughs) but here's what'll happen and i i can speak some truth to this you're at a department and morale stinks things are really bad a lot of people are leaving people are unhappy about how things are going the departments in the news a lot there's there's not there's not a lot of good going on in that department and you'll get a new captain or a commander or whatever in your precinct or your district and that dude the first thing he'll tell you is hey uh make sure you're reading your power dms or you're going to get written up make sure you're getting your accidents in your traffic accident reports in or you're going to get written up the shit that is it's not important at that time you have a chance to grab the room and make your presence known and say hey i'm here for you guys i know things kind of suck we'll work through this if it's important for you to get your fucking power dms signed you can motivate guys other ways than telling them hey get that shit done or i'm going to write you up You're you're talking to adults, grown men that and you give them a gun and a badge to go out and force the law. And you're going to come in there like a high school teacher and say, get your fucking homework done now. They give us the the authority to take away people's
1: God given freedom. Yes. to treat us like that.
0: Yes. And now. I like what you said, because you brought you brought some realism to it because there may be some people that listen to this podcast. You said on your own, Hey, this is my perception of what happened. I don't think I did anything wrong. I think I was fine. The captain had a different perception. He thought I fucked up. And then there's something in the middle, which I appreciate, you know, I, I like to make fun of guys and I've said it earlier that straight up are not realistic about, what happened in their career right i have to take ownership i was in a bad way when i left and i wasn't doing things the right way when i left not obviously not like horrible awful stuff but not up to the standard that i would hold myself up to normally but you
1: might say something but to some in a way that you wouldn't have
0: exactly exactly that's on me no matter no matter my mindset or whatever is going on in my life, that's still my responsibility, right? And I just get tired of people making excuses for fucking shitbag behavior because you have dudes in this job that are doing great fucking police work and their leadership hates it because that's not what they want because the people in those leadership positions, they're after something else. And I'll tell you, folks, if you're not in law enforcement, those people are are out for themselves. They're not out for the community. They're not out for safety. They're out for whatever special interests they have because...
1: For their next big paycheck or because they like... They're politicians,
0: man. You get above a certain rank and you become a politician.
1: Absolutely.
0: And... But then you do have those guys that are absolute fucking shit bags and then you get lumped in with those martians right and it's unfortunate they're just a bunch of dgens and it's like upcountry dgens man there are a bunch of fucking dgens that tarnish the badge too so
1: they made me feel like one of those dgens and like when i was on admin i like i there was some people that i was really close to that i trusted that I called and I was like, Hey, am I as bad as they're making me out? And they're like, no. And I said, well, have, have you noticed a change? And like you said, you know, saying things that you wouldn't normally say, um, that that's essentially what the issue was, right? I was putting in hard work and then I started getting shit on and I got into a bad way and I had a bad attitude and I got to where all I wanted to do was my proactive stuff um if you watch those body camera videos you'd be like wow that guy is a freaking professional you watch my calls for service and you'd be like oh jesus like he's had like who pissed in his cornflakes just bad day kind of stuff and that's a
0: weird fucking analogy but that would upset me also yes
1: yeah you've never heard that who pissed in, you know, who, who who pissed in your cornflakes?
0: I don't know what the fuck happens at Bojangles, but it doesn't happen where I live, okay? <laughs> Dude,
1: if you piss in my Bojangles, we're going to have a fight.
0: Hey, man, when I make it out to North Carolina, meet you and uh, my buddy from uh, that earlier Dude, episode, Bojangles, I man. Meet
1: so bad. I want to meet him so bad. God, I bet he's funny. Yeah,
0: he's, uh, he's a good fucking cat, man. I... He's like uh, him and another person I talk to pretty regularly and nerd out about star Wars stuff, by the way, I'm not going to spoil anything cause I'm not an a- an asshole, but Holy mother of God, episode five and six of Boba Fett, the story yeah. of Boba Fett. Holy fuck. But anyway, back to police work. Yeah, I, it, it just gets frustrating. And I've had this conversation with some of my peers Obviously, I'm a defender of law enforcement, right? And now I feel like now that I'm on the outside and I've kind of cooled off a little bit from where I was a couple months ago, even, and I'm kind of more clear-headed about things and kind of have a uh better perspective about things. There's no doubt that there's issues in law enforcement. A lot of the shit, you know, that's in mainstream media is, is a lot of it's really blown out of proportion. I'm not gonna, but I'm not gonna come out and say, all cops out here are perfect and doing good job and and doing good shit.
1: A lot of people are just collecting a paycheck.
0: Yes. And now part of that, maybe that is the environment. I don't know, but there were dudes like that even before all the shit started. Right. How long? I mean, I've been making memes for years about dudes doing dumb shit. It's going to happen, right? Like there, there's nothing that's going to perfect law enforcement, but I think there is a, a balance of keeping holding each other accountable, right? Which, you know, the whole accountability thing, but there, there's a truth to that, but uh, God, I I just feel like now there was a time where you could kind of hold each other accountable. And I don't want to jump into a generational thing because I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily the cause, but even I wasn't on that long. I was only on for eight years, but in the beginning of my career, you gave people shit and it was, A, it was funny, but B, it was also like kind of keeping them in check. Like somebody did some dumb shit on a call. You gave them shit about it and it kind of kept them in check. If I did some dumb shit thing on a call, my friends would fucking hammer me for it. And part of it was to be a dick. But part of it was also like, hey, dude, you fucked up. Don't do that shit again. Go
1: home. They want to go home. You're just keeping each other accountable the so we are we are 100% our own worst enemy <clears throat> all right maybe not our own worst enemy media might be a worser more worse enemy but for the most part we are our own worst en- enemy right guys who think that they already know everything or 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 guys who shit on training. Well, you know, people say we need more training. You know what? Most agencies do. Most agencies have shit training.
0: They absolutely the ag-
1: do. The, the, the agency that I'm at now, um, and a lot of people hate going to training as much as we do. Um, but coming from where I came from, where they kind of brainwashed you into thinking you had the best training in, in the state, where I'm at now. Dude, we train twice as much. And it is good training. Like before this podcast, right? We had legal update. We had ethics. We had uh the vice guys came and talked to us. And we had um what was the other one? Uh,
0: um, that good, huh?
1: De escalation. No, the 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 guy who taught de-escalation actually did a really good job. I'm just like three drinks in
0: no you're good <laughs> three, di- three drinks in into rats and i'm being an asshole dude
1: i'm lucky to be holding my phone still if my voice isn't like sounding like it's going like in and out because my arms just keep flicking away from my body you're you have done some editing magic
0: um to be honest with you the beginning of the podcast is like i can't hear him but it actually has gotten quite better. And now that you said that, I'm like, oh, that's what happened. Because you'd be loud and then you'd be a little quieter. I don't know if anybody else will pick it up, but.
1: I hope they do. And I hope that they have a good laugh about it. Um, but like, so, and, and, I, and I mean, we'll we'll do, so legal updates once a year, but our, our de- department once or twice a month puts out, Like every time new case law comes out, we put something out there. Anytime something's a hot topic, our city or our police attorney will throw out some case law. So, I mean, once or twice a month, we're getting these emails and I read them and they're good emails. Um, A lot of people just delete them. And I'm like, no, you should be reading these. Um, I go to work with the same goals every day. Right. Uh, First goal. I want to learn something new. If you're not trying to learn something new every day that you come to work, you need to get out of the job. You're useless. I want to have fun because that keeps things interesting. It keeps it fresh and it keeps you from getting burnt out. And then I obviously my third goal is going home with the same number of holes that I came to work with.
0: I was thinking of a joke there, but nothing came to me. I'm a little disappointed.
1: If you can't make a whole joke, man, come on.
0: I know I'm falling apart, bro. So I don't know, man. It just, it does get, I I was talking to somebody else on the podcast and they mentioned how much training they went to and they felt like that was enough and it could be, it could be enough, but my issue with the training, well, here, you, you said something about the emails and I can't speak for everywhere, but every department needs a good case law guy a good person that understands the case law and can break it down. My department had that. And then he retired. No one picked up the slack. And it was a big problem. And I never realized it until we were having this conversation just now. Like, holy shit, we used to get all this good shit. And uh, on one of the previous, with the the podcast a little while ago with the LT, he talked about having a, a succession plan how important is that to, oh, so to important. Keep that shit going on? There should have been some kind of, Hey dude, you're going to be the guy that takes us on down the line. And I, I think some of these organizations, especially when you're in a auxiliary role, like you're not on the street, you do have a function. And if you're just basically going and showing up and not caring about what you do, it's a problem. It's a big problem. So when you have a whole agency in the background where nobody cares, and that's my perception, is there wasn't a whole lot of, they're basically going through the motions. Well, not the to shit the- on my old department, but I'm just I I know this has got to be other places too.
1: Well, you need to shit on your old department though, right? Like, like I could shit for days on my old agency. Has However- anybody
0: figured out why I, where I worked? By the way, I sh- I should do a poll. I'm sure some people have figured it out.
1: So I've listened to every podcast and I have not. Um, I mean, there's only, I know that you come from a large agency in Colorado. There's only so many large agencies there. I've not figured out which one, but then again, I'm from North Carolina. Maybe somebody you work with has,
0: I don't know. I had a a guy send me a message and he's like, Hey, I narrowed it down to two. And And I said, where do you work? And he told me, and I was like, if you send me a patch, I'll tell you. I don't know if I actually <laughs> will, though. <laughs> I don't know that how much it matters now. I just, God, I don't want the attention. But, well, like,
1: if anybody who really knows me will probably know who, like, who I am. And, and that's why I'm not shitting on my old agency any worse than I am. Um, now, I'll talk shit to that particular captain, to his face, any day. Um, because, you know what? I don't work for you, and anymore and we're just two grown adults talking shit and I don't I don't care should I have um, him on
0: the podcast to get his side of the story that could be interesting
1: dude we could straight up dude we could have a long blue falcon
0: court about it holy fuck he probably wouldn't because he's a captain no, dude, but he god that would be great entertainment
1: not because he's a captain but just because he's a coward
0: oh I think you said earlier uh, he's a pussy
1: he is a pussy um <laughs> I was actually given some information that I could have, I could have filed a civil suit. Um, but I chose not to for personal reasons that I won't go into, but I, I I could have filed a a wrongful termination suit and gotten some money from some information that I was given, but for personal reasons, I didn't. And I'm, I don't want to shit on that agency too much because since I left, they got a new chief and he is trying really, really hard to turn things around. And he's, he was actually the one who led my board hearing and, um, and said, Hey, you know, we're going to recommend termination. And he talked to me afterwards and, I spoke to him several times while I was going through the investigation and he, I can honestly say he is a good guy. He is a family man. He has a good heart um, and he wants the best for that city. And he is trying his damnedest to turn, to turn around the culture in that agency, but he doesn't have, he's only got a few years left and He's making the efforts to promote the right people to continue to continue things in the direction that he's hoping that they will go. But who knows who the next chief is going to be and if they'll continue the work that he's doing. Um, but I, I, I will say that, say that that chief is trying his damnedest and that there are a lot of good people that have been promoted. And there are a lot of good people that are still on the ground level um, that are trying their hardest to turn around the culture. At that agency,
0: and culture inside of an agency is super important. And God, it can change honestly with the flick of the wrist. Oh my God, a weird analogy, but
1: one bad promotion—that's that's mm-hmm. all it takes—is one bad promotion.
0: Yeah, and it may not even be a, a super high-ranking guy, depending on how big your organization is, but mm-hmm. a toxic leader in the wrong place can just cause so many fucking problems. And, you know, again, looking at my agency, there was, there were some great people that were in leadership positions, great, great people. But man, there were some God awful people that didn't even have business to be a cop. I don't know how they were ever on the street at any point in time, because they're so worthless. And now you have them making major decisions.
1: Well, and then some of the stories, you hear about those people and you're like, hold on a second. This person was thumping people with mag lights just because somebody talked back to them. And now they're and, and now they're telling me that I have to go through 14 levels of de-escalation before I can rate before I can even raise my voice, let alone put hands on them like like dude, you thump somebody with a mag light. Just because they looked at you wrong, and now you're trying to tell me
0: this, and sometimes, and not this isn't necessarily true in all cases, but you got to think we're paying for some of their sins. I say that with a grain of salt because obviously, well, here's the thing: is is cops? We're cops, like I'm not a cop, but cops are paying for the sins of other people all the time. Oh. When there's a protest over some event, and we'll say the cops wrong in that event. And there's been some, for sure. Who are the people on the front lines? Not the dude that fucked up. Every other cop in that agency is suffering because some doofus did something stupid. Now, there's times where every other cop in the agency is suffering because somebody did the right thing and their department's a bunch of fucking cowards. That's happened all over the country, too. But, God, there's been times where dudes legitimately fucked up and the dude that fucked up he doesn't have to. I mean, he's got to deal with some aftermath, obviously, but he doesn't have to face the community.
1: No, he's it's not, not
0: getting thrown br- at him.
1: Well, perfect example, though, of something that affected policing as a whole. Um, like 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 uh, guys like us that are paying for for the older guys since. Right. Search incident to arrest on a traffic stop. People used to get arrested for not signing their registration card. Cause that used to be a chat. Well, in North Carolina, uh, traffic laws are, are chapter 20, right? So that was a misdemeanor, not signing your registration card. You get arrested for that just so somebody can search your car. That's not what the, and people talk about spirit of the law all the time, right? That's not what's that's, that's not what that, Um, that that's not what search incident to arrest was originally created
0: for just because you can doesn't doesn't mean you should And it that kind of shit uh and the prior podcast we kind of talked about that a little bit about pushing the envelope where you know when you're doing shit within the spirit of case law or whatever in in good faith, that's totally cool. It's totally fine. But dudes would push the envelope um, to get into people's cars where, yeah, we can do this. We totally can do this. Maybe, but now because of your case, there's going to be case law that's going to take good searches away because you're pushing the envelope on something as silly as that. They talk a lot about, or at least for us, they talked about tunnel vision And shit, when you're when you're in a shooting, right? You get in a shooting or some critical incident, and you're always looking straight ahead, right? You're looking straight ahead at what's going on. You're not seeing what's going on around you. I think you can be guilty of that in all aspects of life, but especially on calls. You know, you're just trying to push through and get your shit done as quick as you can and be efficient because you know there's other things going on in the radio, and but you're not paying attention to the bigger picture of what this is and. And I get it. You have to make a split second decision whether that's right or wrong sometimes. And you you know what? You're going to fuck up. If you've been on the road for any amount of time and you tell me you haven't made a mistake or you hadn't learned from something you did to do something better, you're a goddamn liar. Shut the oh, fuck up. Especially
1: early on. One of, Me and one of my best friends out of the academy early on, dude, we borderline committed a home invasion one night by, by mistake. So, so, so we were, I worked the East part of the city. He worked the South part. So I got called down, but because that part of the city was short, right. And he and I were bouncing from call to call handling stuff. And, and, Uh, While we were dealing with these with two Molly meth heads, um, we heard some gunshots off in the distance. So we went to go. So we we self-initiated and we went to go investigate it. And while we were doing that, somebody called in and was like, hey, I see these these officers driving and walking around. Um, If they come to my back door, I'll talk to them. So we go to this person's back door and this person's like, Hey, the house next to me, it's supposed to be abandoned. Uh, but people go in it all the time. It's a gang hangout. People shoot in the house, you know, like, like people in the house shoot guns and then people commit drive-bys. I mean, we're like, okay, so we run this house and there's a uh, extensive history on it. Um, um, it's a known gang hangout. Um, and for all intensive purposes, right, like doors boarded up, uh, windows boarded up, the grass was a little more than knee high. There was trash in the yard. It looked abandoned for all intensive purposes, right? And but we're like, okay, you know what? There's this front window. Uh, there, there, there's this front bay window. It's not boarded up. Let's look inside just to make sure. And there were bullet holes on the outside of the house. Um, did we know if they were old or if they were new? We, we didn't know, but we felt like we had an obligation to look inside this house, you know, to at, at least investigate to make sure that nobody was bleeding out inside this house. Um, so we start to try and slide open this front, this, this window on the front porch. Well, it starts to open up. So I slide it open. My buddy moves the uh, curtains and we stick our guns in and we see two people sitting on a couch in this front room. And we're like, holy shit. So I jerk down the uh, the uh, curtains. We get them. I get them at gunpoint. My buddy gets his gun down the hallway and says, hey, if there's anybody else in this house, come come to the front door, gets them to the front door and. Um, We get additional units. I get those two people out. We stick them in cars and we start running people. And so once they're in the cars, he and I start running their names and stuff, finding out who they are. And uh, we're standing next to each other. And uh, I run the guy who's in my car and it pops up that this is his address. And, and I said, bro. And he looks at my computer and we just both kind of have this, oh shit moment, look on our face. And we're like, Oh no. Come to find out somebody did shoot in uh, somebody did shoot at the house and the dude had an OFA. But like we were, we were maybe three months solo, if that. So like, we had this moment where we were like, oh, fuck, We just might have committed like a home invasion. And mind you, even at this very progressive agency, everything got cleared because, you know, we had good intentions. The home did get shot into guy had a guy had an OFA and, uh, but I mean, like that's a major fuck up. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you could definitely make it argument. Hey, you heard shooting from the area. And then did the neighbor say he heard the shots at that house? Yeah. Yeah. So I I think like you were like almost there, but it's like one of but- those things too, where you just have to, as a new guy, you don't slow down to kind of th- plot out no. what you're going to do, well, right? Here's the part
1: that I left out, right? There was a for sale sign in the front yard. When I ran that person and saw the name, uh, my buddy's corporal calls the for sale sign. And, you know, it's three in the morning and somebody actually happens to, to an answer and they're like, Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so-and-so was my tenant. I'm selling the uh, house now. Uh, he has mental issues. Uh, he stopped paying his rent a few months ago. But because he has, has mental issues, um, uh, I just started the eviction process a few days ago to try and give him that extra month to find to find a new place to live. And had we been a little more experienced... Maybe we would have called that phone number, but you know, we, we just didn't know any better at the time.
0: There's a lot of things you learn through time and experience. And even as a a guy that was around a little bit and maybe to a fault, I would overthink shit and just run through stuff like, Hey, how could I have done that better? Uh, My partner, the last year I was there, like we'd run through every single fucking call we went on just to, just to do it, you know, just to make sure that you know, we were doing things the right way and uh, getting better at it because I think it is, I don't know, and things change too, right? So you need to be up on what's current and what what's a better way to do things. You might be trained up on something and then learn something new that's a better and safer way to do it or a more effective way to do it that you can help cops down the line because law enforcement does change. It's going to continue to change. It's always going to change. I, w- I did want to tell you about a dumb rookie fuck up that I had that you kind of uh, you spurred a memory for me from me. <laughs> so rookie, probably the same amount, like three months on. And there's supposedly a big fight going on inside this apartment complex. And a lot of these fucking apartment complexes, the doors are never locked, right? They should be, but they never are. So this one place happened to have just updated their doors. And we couldn't get in the do- The doors hadn't been busted yet. And so we're having a hard time getting in and it's the call. It made it seem like there was maybe even people with guns. It seemed like it was pretty intense. So we're trying to get in. And I went with another officer to try and get in. And we knocked on the back window of a guy's apartment. This is three in the morning, very bad area in town. Dude comes to the window with a gun. Has a gun right at me, realizes it's the cops, and he fucking drops the gun and puts his hands up, kind of thing. And so I'm like, "Oh fuck!" So I, you know, I get my gun out, and, and it took me a second to process what just happened. I'm like, "Oh, I fucking knocked on this guy's door in a bad neighborhood in the middle of, or his window, in the middle of the night in a bad neighborhood. Of course, he's gonna fucking point a gun out the window. I do the same shit at my house, and Here's what here's the funny part about that is somebody got the door open right after that happened. And so we went in to go check on the call. Never went talk to that guy or anything. So God knows what happened there. But it was my fault. That was absolutely a hundred percent my fault going around doing dumb shit like that.
1: Did you announce, like, hey, hey, you know, knock, 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 hey, police?
0: No, bro. We just knocked on his fucking window at (laughs) two in the morning. And I hate to say it, but I've seen what I think is newer cops getting into a little bit of trouble lately and it's not i think it's shit that in the past would have been kind of like hey you're fucking new you fucked up kind of thing or maybe they would have got better training but god it's got to be hard to be a new guy now because there's no there's really no, no room for air
1: so early on they expect you to be so right out of fto they expect you to be um they expect you to be like a 10 year, 20 year vet right off the bat. And it's, it's, it's just not like, that's not how it is and, anymore. And I feel like, like when, when I talked, so before I got into law enforcement, right. Um, because I was a CrossFit coach, a lot of the people who
0: came to our that's gym. That's the second mention, by the way, we'll see how many more you get. Last one, I promise. <laughs>
1: I, i'm using that to reference because you know a, a lot of first responders go to those kind of places right
0: okay mr uh, crossfit
1: what i have i've 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 not mentioned the one other thing that i'm involved in yet other than oh i knew the-
0: i know i already know and we've never talked about it but i know you like bj jays
1: no, no 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 oh no. i i don't bjj uh, Part of a unit that I recently became involved with that I told you earlier that I'm not going to because I am not one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew a lot of guys who were law enforcement and I was I wanted to be law enforcement when I was younger and I decided to go to college because in North Carolina, you, you can't be law enforcement until you're 21 which I think is entirely too young, by the way. I don't think you need to be a cop until you're 25 at the least. And that's my personal opinion. Some people are mature enough early on. Personally, I was not. So I had a lot of friends um, who, had, who had been in law enforcement for a long time. And they, they told me about a lot of their training and stuff like that. And one of the guys that I coached actually brought me my very first application. Um, he's still a good friend to this day. I still talk to him all the time. He's like a brother. I actually work with his brother now who I'm very close with, um, as well. But, um, you know, talking to these, so I, I'm friends with a lot of guys who got on, who have 15, uh, plus years of experiment of experience close to retirement. And, the training that they got in FTO is so far above and beyond what we're getting now. It's unreal. Um, It seems to me now, like most FTOs, they're just in it for the pay bump. Like a lot of the new people we get on squads are so
0: bad. So bad. But don't you think when we started, they thought the same of us i think that's the cycle that's the circle of life man akuna matata that's the wrong song but anyway yeah the circle of life
1: oh i'm i'm sure well so i i go along with the philosophy of listen if you're new i'm going to do everything i can to help you out as as long as you're coachable as long as you're receptive I don't care how bad you are. Right. I'm not going to let you make a make a life altering mistake or a excuse me, or a career ending mistake. Um, Like, I'm I'm not going to let that happen as long as you're coachable and you're and you're willing to take constructive criticism. Like we got this one new guy. He's probably been with us for six to nine months. Right. At the beginning dude he was by far one of the worst that I've ever seen but and in the first month his attitude was not great it was pretty bad but after a few talks he got a lot better he's way more his ability to to listen and to be coachable and to take constructive criticism, not to mention he, he's an incredibly hard worker. He turned into a a pretty good rookie cop. Like I'm happy to go on calls with him. I'm happy to answer any of his questions. And he's like, he's, he's doing, he, he is excelling beyond uh, his, his experience now.
0: Well, let's talk about this a little bit because I, I think I was heading this way and we went off into a different direction. But I was talking earlier about, are you puking? What just happened? No, I was just drinking some of my whiskey. Okay, I was like, are you I, okay, bro. Um, how much have you yeah, been drinking, pal?
1: Your own spit. It's really embarrassing, right? Because it's something that you should do naturally anyway. Is like you know control your saliva and then you're drinking and you choke on your spit. It's kind of embarrassing.
0: <laughs> I think that happens to some people anyway. I don't know. I, have you. God, you it's, you're distracting me again, dude. But uh, it's not a Tourette's thing. <laughs> it's what? It's not a Tourette's thing. No, I know it's not. But I was like, are you fucking making this into a Tourette's thing? Because I know I've been like talking on this fucking <laughs> podcast and I'm like choking on my spit. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with my body? what is happening right now. But what I was going to say though, is I was talking way back earlier in this podcast about when I came on and guys were giving each other shit. It was a good way for camaraderie, but it was also keeping people in check. And I, I always made a point when new people came into my team to be there. Cause I fucked up when I came on as a rookie, some dudes from the class before me came up and they were like, Hey, dude, we're here. We can help you kind of thing. And I wouldn't say that I was standoffish, but I was just I was kind of nervous to say anything to anybody because I just got out of the academy and I thought I was still a piece of shit kind of thing. They didn't really build you back up after my academy. You're I still felt like I was a piece of shit towards the end, which I kind of was. I was kind of a piece of shit. But anyway, I made a point when new guys came into my team or whatever to be trying and be like introduce myself and say, hey, if you need anything let me know. And the first couple of years I was there, the guys and gals that came through FTO seemed like pretty fucking squared away and pretty good consistently. And then as the years went on, there would be some pretty squared away ones. And there'd be other people that you almost felt uncomfortable talking to because I guess the only way to put it in, this wasn't like a white, black or whatever thing. It was just like a generational thing. Like they were just so standoffish or you felt like they were going to be offended by anything you said. And that's where I kind of pick on the Gen Z folks, because I didn't even know how to like talk to them because anytime you tried to, they were very, in my opinion, kind of standoffish and they wouldn't, they wouldn't take suggestions, but fuck for people that hadn't been there for a while, they would act like they fucking knew everything. Now, I kind of take a step back and I'm like, is that, was that a me issue? Because I was grumpy and disgruntled and I was kind of getting to the point where I hated new people.
1: So I don't know about you, right? But I grew up playing a lot of sports and I was a big fan. Oh yeah. Um, Basketball.
0: You've never seen that movie, bro. I've seen basketball probably a hundred to 2000 times. Okay. I could probably I said, quote that movie. I was like, hold on. Steve oh. Perry.
1: Steve.
0: Your mom's going out with Squeak. <laughs> God, you guys rip on me 13 or 14 more times. I'm out of here. I fucking love that movie. dude.
1: One of my favorites from when I was a kid. Um, my kids aren't old enough that I can show them that movie yet. It's entirely too inappropriate.
0: And I then wonder what- if it holds up by the way, I probably uh, haven't watched it in a good three or four years.
1: I watched it. It was on one of the social, it, it was on one of the streaming platforms in the last couple of years. And I watched it and I still laughed. Um, but anyway, so I played a lot of sports growing up. Right. And I would not describe myself as an overly athletic person. Yet I started on most of the teams that I played on um, because I was coachable. I knew I wasn't good, but I was also, I, I was always asking the coach, hey, what's my role? How can I do better? And I knew what I was good at, and I would try and excel at that, right? Um, and then if if I didn't know something about something else, I would ask somebody and i don't think and with the way that the gen z's have gotten soft and i don't want to blanket that across all of them because i've got some on my squad now that are gen z and they're very coachable they ask a lot of good questions but for the most part from what i see a lot of them are super soft and they get butt hurt if you try and help them where and so i'm i'm 34 right so i'm okay boomer I'm 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 not that old, but I'm old enough that I still remember to be coachable and that if I don't know something, I'll ask somebody juvenile stuff. I don't know anything about. And if you want to help me, I'm going to listen. Um, I know what I'm good at. I know what my role is. uh, And I play to that role where most of them just think that they're great at everything when they're really not good at anything. And I, I, I do feel like that's a generational thing where they've always been told that, Hey, you know, you're, you're good at everything. No, I'm honest with, with, with my kids, my oldest, just, just got into a different sport and he's a tall kid. So I'm like, dude, listen, your hand eye coordination is terrible, but you're a big body. So You should use that to your advantage,
0: bro. My kid wants to, uh, he wants to play football, which mama's mama doesn't want him to play because of the whole CTE thing. But I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with that, but I think he's probably, he's going to go play and, you know, we go play
1: and I had a blast. Say what now? I played college rugby. You should get him into rugby. There's actually less head injuries in
0: rugby. I don't know how many rugby opportunities are in a cornfield and in Iowa, but we can see, but there is football and there's, there's baseball, but so we'll go out and we'll play, we'll throw the pigskin around. So to speak when it's not ass cold out and he'll drop something and it'd be like, uh, if I had football gloves, I wouldn't have dropped it. I'm like, no, you dropped it. Cause you suck. You need to learn how to catch without gloves. I think you have to be honest with your kids about shit not to the like extent where you're mean to them. I think there's like a balance. I mean, there are still fucking kids. I I don't know. I can't speak for and I know this isn't the parenting episode, but I it's really hard having kids all different ages because I can talk to my 12-year-old, almost not quite as an adult, but you know what I'm saying. But then my 7-year-old, sometimes I forget, oh shit, he's like 5 years behind my other dude. I have to like address him differently if that makes sense or so
1: So I'm divorced, right? I'm divorced with three kids and my younger two aren't quite old enough to remember when we were married, but my oldest one does. Uh, Like he, he remembers when we all lived in the same house. Um, So I, I kind of have to be different with him a little bit. Um, But I, I try to be honest with him, but I also try to be encouraging because when I was growing up, I played a lot of sports and my parents, they were always honest with me, but at the same time, they were in encouraging. Like I played, I played a lot of junior golf and I played a lot of basketball growing up. And then in college I, I played rugby. Um, and when I played basketball, my dad was like, listen, your hand eye coordination sucks. And he'd be in the stands and I'd get the ball, and, and he'd be like, don't dribble. Don't <laughs> dribble. Why, why are you dribbling? Pass the ball. Pass it to that guy. Because, um, I mean, and when I played basketball, I knew, like, I knew what my role was. I played hellacious defense, and I rebounded, and I passed well. Because I was a big body. I was taller than most kids. So that's what I did. Um, I had no business dribbling and I had no business shooting. Like that would just be dumb. Right. I was an okay golfer, but, and then like in college, when I played rugby, um, again, I had no business running the ball. I was a big body and my, and my job was just to hit people like, um, do you watch hockey,
0: bro? I'm a. i am I was actually going to tell a, a hockey story about my kids, but yeah, I'm a big hockey fan.
1: Okay, so like in hockey, there's enforcers, right? Goons. That was my job. I was a goon. That was my job. That's what I did. Um, my job was to hit people. My job was not to run the ball. Um, my job was to tackle and to. Uh, I'm not going to get into the technical terms because very few people probably know them
0: but boring like, yeah
1: <laughs> my, my job was essentially was just to hit people and that's what i did i'm like i'm a big body i'm clumsy and i'm not meant to do the fine motor skill stuff I, i'm meant to hit people i'm a i i if if i was a tool i'd be a hammer
0: does your wife say that too you? <laughs> holy shit no uh, she
1: describes me as a tuna can
0: oh <laughs> uh, really quickly uh because i can talk about it because it's my podcast my uh so we'll play street hockey not as much as we used to turns out iowa is not the best sport or best place for hockey but we'll we'll still go out <laughs> there and play on the street and my seven-year-old holy f- does that kid play defense? And my twelve year old will get pissed. He's like, he keeps hitting the ball away from me. I'm like, yeah, that's his fucking job. He's on defense. He doesn't want you to score, Nimrod. He's like, well, that's not cool. And I'm like, well, if there was hockey, there'd be like boards for it to go off of. I'm tired of chasing the ball. I'll then get around him. Anyway, I, I, I have big plans for my seven year old. Uh, he's gonna be a defenseman in the NHL. Now oh. we should probably get back to police work shit. You did say something about knowing your role and you said the word goon too. Are you familiar with the kids out there that call themselves goons? God, I fucking hate it. Cringe. No, I, I don't know. I think the term when first used was like more, I think it meant something else, but it was going to go sideways anyway, but I was going to say that. I think, you know, we, we've talked about in a lot of other podcasts is there are different roles within the department, even within each unit, each shift, like, hey, we got we need the dude on the, the shift that's really good talking to the elderly, or hey, this guy's really good at accidents can get them done really quick, or hell, dude, let's call this dude. He's like the fucking dog whisperer. He'll take care of this dog, get him out of the way so we can handle this call or whatever it is. And I'm a huge advocate of each cop should be well-rounded and understand every aspect of their job, but you can't ignore that people are individually have different skills that they're better at. It just is what it is. I don't know where I was going with that, but I thought it was worthy of note.
1: No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. So when I was at my previous agency, right. Um, when I was proactive um, if you had a question on the patrol level about dope or about guns, you know, and how to do those cases at the patrol level, I was your guy. If you had a juvenile question or fraud or property crimes, dude, I am not your guy. I am the, la- especially juveniles or fraud. I am the last person you want to go to <laughs> um, the agency that I've been at. For the last couple of years, um, I will honestly say, so I can honestly say that after the first agency, I had some scars and for the last two years, I have sat in a parking lot and answered my calls for service. I have not been very proactive at all. Um, That and I'm into from the sports stuff that we've been talking about, right? I'm into teamwork. I don't like to go out and do individual stuff. It's not my thing. I like to work as a group. Um, Like one of my goals is canine, right? Um, I don't know if I've mentioned that yet, but I want to do canine um, because it's a group activity, right? I've got my partner who's got fur in the back. He's fucking awesome.
0: And you got a jar of peanut butter.
1: Dude, so... When you were a cop, did you ever go to any of the uh, canine trainings? Have, 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 have you ever done any decoy work? No. Have you ever been bit by a dog?
0: I have been bit by a dog, not by one of them dogs, though. Dude,
1: <laughs> there is no peanut butter involved, let me tell you.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. So that, could be, that could be the name of the podcast, by the way. Dude, there is no peanut butter involved. <laughs> That's in the uh, running for sure. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> uh, but like I've not found anybody yet that I can really do uh proactive work with as a group. So I've I have been admittedly, and I've said it before to other people, like I have been admittedly lazy. Now I'm trying to get back into it because they've stuck some people in my area that are younger and want to get into stuff. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, I've I've got some knowledge um, and I can help them work doping guns. But like, that's my role now, right? I, If I'm going to be on patrol, I have no interest in doing anything in like being a super hardcore go-getter. But if you're a young guy and you're new and you want to be a go-getter, bro, I will... I will ride with you every day and we will go get as much as you want. So that's, that's, that's just kind of where I'm at now. I don't know if that relates to what we were talking about.
0: Yeah, it's poorly, man. i can talk about whatever the fuck I want. We were talking about uh, everything, man, hockey, peanut butter, anything. Well, Hey buddy, we're kind of running up towards the end of the podcast, but I got to do my thing and we got to talk about some shit that I always want to talk about. First and foremost, good sir, your thoughts, a crown vic my
1: first patrol car right was a crown vic i very much enjoyed it until the transmission dropped out of it um borderline literally um i was running emergency traffic to a hot call and i got there and i was probably still doing 25 miles an hour when i threw it in park and it did not like that and it it destroyed that car after that one they gave me another old car, but it was one of the original four Tauruses at that agency. And when that agency first started buying the Tauruses, they got the Taurus with the with the turbo in it. They don't do that. They they didn't do that. They, they only did that for a year.
0: Um, that Taurus
1: with the turbo was freaking awesome i, I had like one the, of
0: those for an off-duty gig they weren't too bad but it was they,
1: they were so fast um the agency that i'm at now we we run chargers in the next few months we're going to start transitioning to tahos um but i like the crown vic but that too like much right pause. now I have a 2021 Charger. It's only a V6. My favorite vehicle that I've driven was probably that original Taurus with the turbo, because it it just had no quit. Um,
0: Why do they even give you a charger if it's a fucking V6, man? Or were actually weren't all the 21s for police? A car guy might have to correct me. I thought I read that somewhere. They took the HEMIs no, away for the police models. You're
1: right. Um, they did. They so you can no longer get an all-wheel drive V8 in the Charger.
0: Thanks, Bin Laden. And
1: our our agency puts all-wheel drive above V8, which, I don't know, I agree with that. I think that in inclement conditions, um, an all-wheel drive is better than a two-wheel drive.
0: How much fucking weather do you get there, though, man? I guess it depends on what part of North Carolina you're in, I suppose.
1: So... It's not so much the snow, but occasionally it will rain. And I mean, it will flood the streets raining.
0: The next question, which is kind of on the newer questions. And I God, I, I really feel like if I want to have a legitimate podcast, I should stop asking people. But here I we are. The
1: question I hope it's the question. I hope you're going to ask the question that I want you to ask,
0: sir. Have you ever shit your pants? As an adult, yes. You said that like you were excited, like not ashamed at all.
1: <laughs> so, um, a couple of years ago, right? Uh, well, I don't buy many clothes for myself. Uh, my fiance buys all my clothes now, because um, I wear the same stuff literally until it falls apart. Same thing. Uh, oh yeah. I, I the only reason I have new clothing is because of my fiance. But the first so I bought a pair of 511 jeans, right? I thought I was Wait, super
0: 511 has jeans? Dude you fuck. Anyway.
1: Dude, they are so stretchy and so comfortable. I can't wear them anymore because I got fat. Um, so they They're not
0: that stretchy.
1: Now they look like skinny jeans, but dude. <laughs> They are stretchy and they are comfortable, and they have uh, pockets for for mags. Um, so you feel super cool, or very tactical,
0: tactical of you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I get these jeans right. Well, I also have a cold. The first time I wear them, I have a cold. Um, growing up, I like the uh, coldies. It's it's like. The word cold hyphen easy, right? Coldies. It's um, they use zinc because that's supposed to boost your immune system. And I used to use the elosogens Well, they came out this year or that, that particular year, they came out with a chewable, like a gummy. And if a little is good, more is better. So instead of popping one, I pop like five. Do you know what one of the um, side effects of taking too much zinc is?
0: I think I'm about to find out.
1: So I pop like five, right? And I'm on the way to pick up one of my kids or two of my kids from daycare. Um, so I do that, walk out the door. Halfway there, I'm like, oh, no. And then like three quarters of the way there, I say, like, I, I, I get the sweats. And I'm like, okay, if I can just make it to this gas station across the street, I'll be Okay. As I pull into the gas station, I shit my pants in a way that lifts me off the seat of my truck. Ah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it wasn't just a little guy. I full blown.
0: Blew him out, huh?
1: The first time that I wear these pants, The first pants that I've ever bought myself in over a decade. The first time that I wear them, I shit my pants in a way that lifts me off the seat, like full blown, full, like shit my pants.
0: It sounds like a cartoon.
1: Oh my, that, that, that's the only way to describe it. So I pull out, I call my, Uh, at the time, she was my girlfriend. Now she's my fiance. I call her. I say, Hey, if you're still at my apartment, I just shit my pants. And dude, she was so cool about it. She didn't laugh. (laughs) She says, Okay, I'll leave some towels and a trash bag in the bathroom. And then hang up with her. And I call my ex wife and I say, Hey, you're gonna have to pick up the kids from daycare. Because I just shit my pants. (laughs) She's like, what and i said i just shit my pants on the way to pick up my you know the kids from daycare i'll see y'all tomorrow (laughs) he's like uh okay so i hang up the phone and um yeah i i full I, i full on shit my pants
0: you were the most excited to tell me about this now your story jarred a memory
1: since you started asking this question and since you started talking like or, or, or since we started talking and since you started asking this question, I've wanted to tell this story so bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this story, I was reminded of this story when you said that your girlfriend was really cool about you shitting your pants. Well, One of my old jobs, <laughs> I had there was a couple that, uh, well, no, no, no. What, the lady worked there and the guy worked at a business nearby. And so he'd frequently come over. This dude, I'm telling you guys right now, he might've been a pedo. He was a weird fucking guy and he was really quiet, but there was just something weird about this guy. And when you know, you know, we've all met that guy. He just something weird about this guy. He always made me uncomfortable. But, he's engaged to this lady who works uh, in the office with us and she's fucking weird too, but not as weird as him. And she's kind of bananas, but whatever. But she was telling this story about when she knew that she was going to get married to this dude was one time when she was sick, she shit her pants and he cleaned her up, which she couldn't clean. How sick were you? Because that's one of those things, I mean, I get it if you're like deathly ill or or whatever and you can't move, but if you shit your pants and you're a functioning adult, that's kind of on you. But it made me think even weirder of the other guy that where he was like, hey, hold on, I'll clean you up. That's fucking weird, right? Have
1: So there's a fetish where people act like babies. And, like, they poop their pants or, or, like, poop into an adult diaper and people change them.
0: Where did you hear about that? Uh, <laughs> in uh, uh, uh I, don't, I don't know. I Actually, I saw a, a really fucking funny video.
1: Uh, you not running a weird fellowship as a cop?
0: Oh, dude, you do all the time. Well, there I, I ran into this video where the guy, like, came home early from work and he caught his girlfriend making videos like that or something. It was pretty funny.
1: Is this old school?
0: Oh, is this a gang? Ba- I'm here for the gang bang. <laughs> oh God. That's a fucking great movie too. That's a very cool uh, movie.
1: Uh, so me and a guy go to answer a call one time, right. And we walk in this living. It, it was like, a, it, it was a domestic, but there was like no assault, but one of them called. So you have to go answer. And we walk in there, right? And uh, I guess they make a lot of porn. Like, like this was pretty only fans. And like later on, I talked to them and they're like, yeah, we put a lot of stuff on a porn hub and, and we get paid. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. But I mean, dude, there was a Sadian machine, and then it's it's like that machine that, that women sit on that vibrate really hard. And then there was a uh, like a dildo machine where it's like it's like a box with this mechanical arm that when you turn it on, it pumps back and forth on this rotation thing with a dildo with a giant dildo at the end of it. And, dude, it I afterwards I had to look it up and it just dude it fucking just you you will never have sex with a woman that hard like it just hammers them <laughs> <laughs> and they had that in the living room
0: oh man that reminds me of a meme fuck what was it where like you know all you've got is like the three inch thunder and she's got her like <laughs> vibrating pleasure master 4000 with 800 different settings
1: Dude, we're sitting there trying to take like trying to take like serious statements. Like me and my partner, we're so we are just so, like he and I are just the biggest jokesters, goofballs, and we're sitting there trying to take serious statements from from these two people. In like, you call your basement a sex dungeon, bro? This was like their living room was legitimately insane and we were just standing there like holy fuck where are we just clenching our butt cheeks <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know i i do i only call it a sex dungeon because you fucking degenerates started calling it a sex dungeon i got to be honest man this uh this basement doesn't really scream i want to have sex down here i don't know what it is i don't know if it's the toy police cars or the patches or the coins or the litter box, but or it
1: just that you're a normal human being.
0: Yeah. Um, it doesn't scream sexy time down here. I don't know. Uh, the next one we're going to hit, which is a, a new crowd favorite. Your thought when we kind of brought only fans up a second ago, what are your thoughts on? Should a cop be able to have a side gig of being an Instagram or not an Instagram model, but an only fans model that includes nudies and getting plugged guys or girls.
1: So the agency that I work for, um, it is in our general orders that you don't work for an established, like you can't do off duty with an establishment that has uh, 50% or more alcohol sales. Um, and you can't work for like strip clubs and stuff like that. Um, if, if you want to have, if, if you want to have a sex life, that's extra. That's on you, right? You're an adult, do what you want, but you don't need to have nudies all over the place. Just keep your face out of it, right? Keep your face out of it and don't allude to where you worked in any sort of way Um, otherwise you know you're 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 a liability to the agency
0: I'm torn on the face out of it part because I still think it's one of those things if you get found out people will know it's you maybe maybe not right like that's kind of on you to like if you fuck up and you tell somebody about it and then it gets found out then it's, it's there forever but I mean I suppose if you put it up and didn't say anything and you didn't have noticeable tattoos i mean some people are very recognizable but it, you know if you're uh you're fucking the person that you work with on a regular basis uh on the same shift they might not even fucking recognize you it would be hard i think to identify somebody just by their dick or their tits you know i could be so wrong
1: like, I, I don't know maybe maybe it's just me but or maybe it's just law enforcement and cause I didn't think when I went into law enforcement that I would see this many naked people, but we see a lot of naked people.
0: Oh yeah. Um,
1: dude, so many, and they're never the kind of na- the kind of naked people that you want to see. Um, but like, so we meet a lot of different people, right. And there's a lot of people that are into the swinging community or like people that share their partners, whatever.
0: Um, i'm still waiting to get a swinging cop on the podcast somebody fucking chime up
1: has nobody answered up yet
0: no not a soul (sighs) i'm not gonna dox you i just want to know i just want to know i just am so curious about how that works and god i've heard stories about some of the i don't know I, i i suppose it was all kinds of different workplaces but i heard you know pds back in the day it was fucking swingers central i don't know if that's still true
1: no they're not swinging they're just
0: cheating (laughs) yeah that's god that's fucking you know i thought that was a cop thing but as more that i kind of explore mainstream culture it's just everybody's fucking somebody else man
1: we'll go into it here shortly right because i i i do want to talk about mental health just a little bit sure man Um, but, um, so like I answered this call one time, it was a domestic and it was, a, and it, it was a domestic for a throuple. Right. And the husband and wife were upset with the other guy because he had slept with another woman, um, without letting them know. And he didn't use protection. And I guess within that mistake,
0: students,
1: right. Well, and I mean, like, so there was husband and wife, but then there was also a boyfriend, right? Um, and I guess that within those communities, like, there's there's certain areas of respect, and I, I don't know, I, I actually spent, I spent like two and a half hours talking, or three hours talking to those people, and learned a lot about that that community, um, coming up in a very progressive city. Um, I worked by a college, I did a traffic stop on a car one time and these two girls in the car were, it. I thought it was, uh, a man and two women in, in the car and two of the girls were like, Oh, my ID doesn't even look like me anymore. And I'm like, All right, y'all are just fishing for compliments, whatever. And I said, All right, but the driver, and I'm like, Bro, are you like 12? And he goes, Actually, that's when I was a woman. And I said, What? And um, he goes, I'm transitioning. And I said, All right, in the name of just trying to educate myself, as long as y'all don't have warrants, when I come back, is it okay if I ask you some potentially offensive questions and she was like yeah and um so like so i went nobody had warrants and i and i come back and i have like a 45 minute conversation with this guy who actually has a vagina and um and informed me about a lot of stuff from their community Um, And like and and if you don't judge people and you actually take the time to talk to them and learn about what their community involves, you can learn a lot.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I think I think a lot of times we get hung up on these differences, which is weird. It's weird because I, I grew up. It's like a boomer thing to say, but I feel like I grew up in a time where things were very accepting or that was my perception. And we were very accepting of people and different things and different ideas. And then it's the world's kind of become in this. It's not individualistic anymore. Like it's, everything is we're going back to, I, I use this term, not for its original means, but segregation, everybody wants, every little community wants to be separate from everybody else where I thought it was this thing where we're this collective, we're all we're all in this together, but everybody kind of does their own shit on the side.
1: That's how I grew up. Like we we were all like the way I the way I grew up, we were all in it for the same goal, but it's gotten to the point now where if you don't agree with me, you're wrong, and I won't have a conversation with you. And now, so we can't learn about other people's perspectives anymore because there's no longer discussion. Everything now is an argument. Like we don't discuss things anymore. I was very fortunate. Um, and honestly, um, the way I approached that traffic stop, um, like saying, Hey, if it's okay with you, I have some very offensive questions in the sake of learning. I was fortunate that that person didn't want to complain on me because I would have probably gotten in trouble but that person was very open and answered the questions that I had, and I learned a lot about about transgender people and uh, people that are trying to transition to a different sex. And that particular person looked like any typical college guy you'd have ever that you would have ever met. And fortunately for me, because I would have probably gotten in trouble if they complained on me. Um, They were willing to answer the questions that I had, um, which some of them were offensive and was super cool about it. And uh, I came away with it with knowledge that I wouldn't have had prior. (laughs) Like that swinger group, I had questions and I came away with it with information that I wouldn't have had prior that allowed me to be a better cop and to handle another group of people that I wouldn't have understood and that I wouldn't have been able to service prior.
0: The word service was a little sus, but we'll go with that. Hey, buddy, let's talk about mental health, man, because you said you wanted to hit on that. Let's-
1: a lot of times when – so I, I have gone through a lot of mental health issues myself. Um, I probably had some mental health issues before I got into law enforcement. Um, the marriage that I was in was not good. Um, we got married because we had an oops, baby. Um,
0: that will happen.
1: Like, well, so eight weeks into knowing her, she lets me know that she's six weeks pregnant. Right. Mm. Right. <laughs> got so, it. got so it. We get married. Um, and we ended up having three more kids. Um, but, um, through this time, I was not good to her. She was not good to me. Um, I was not in a good mental space. Um, and you say all the time, don't cheat, right? Well, what did I do to handle what I was going through mentally? Um, cause we, we, we didn't connect well at all. I cheated on my first wife um, and I will contribute that to mental issues to that. I did not handle the way that I should have. Um, and then when we started, when things got to a breaking point, we, we went to, to couples therapy and I got to a point that I was like, okay, I'm not going to be able to stop this without help. And I had turned into a person that I didn't recognize anymore. I didn't like myself. Um, I, I hated who I was. Um, and I couldn't, I didn't have the courage to tell her how deep, how how deep I was. And I made it so she, instead of telling her what was going on, I made it so she would find out. Right. Um, and. So when we first started going through our divorce, I went to therapy for every week for a year. Um, That is the best decision that I ever made. Did it help our marriage? No, we're obviously divorced. Uh, It worked out for the best. I'm with an amazing woman now. Um, I wouldn't be where I am without her, Um, but the therapy was amazing. Uh, some of the one of the advice that I give to rookies now is that so most agencies with the insurance that they have or through their policy, you can get therapy, whether it's every other month, every month, whatever, um, at no cost. The first year to two years, you're a cop, whatever the allotment is, go. Um, you may not think that it's affecting you, what you're seeing, but it is go handle and take care of whatever issues you had prior to being a cop. Uh, cause I had issues from before I was a cop and then take, you know, t- talk about whatever's going on as a cop, because as much as you think that you're strong enough to handle what's going on, you're not, um, <clears throat> learn good coping mechanisms, learn healthy mechanisms. I've seen lots of guys become cheaters. I've seen lots of guys become alcoholics. And it just tears me apart because they're some of the best people that I've ever met, but they're so self-destructive. Take care of yourself. Since I went to therapy, I've become a better father. I've become a better person for the woman that I'm with now. And I've become a much better cop um i'm able to handle calls in a way now that some of people that i answer calls with they look at me and and they're like are are you a therapist and i'm like no i just want to see them get better um i don't like where the culture of policing now and the way that it relates to mental and emotional health
0: take care of yourself absolutely man well hey man i think uh I think we'll leave it at that. Although, did you have uh, any imparting words of wisdom you wanted for the millions of people to hear? Or does that count?
1: If there's a word of the day, let's make it tritiary.
0: You're going to have to fucking spell that for me, man. I ain't going to remember that shit. Tritiary? Dude. Tritiary? How do you spell it? Dude, I don't know. I was a
1: spoke. I can do math. math, But if you ask me to read a book, it's going to take me a month. Or more because I don't know how to spell. So, Tricia, so what does it mean? So, tertiary is like third, right? So, you have second, so primary and secondary that are like first and second, right? Tertiary is
0: third. I don't know how to spell that fucking word. So, you figure it out in the before. Well, I got to edit the spitz tomorrow. So, you got to figure this shit out and let me know.
1: It's a science word, it means third.
0: A science word that means third. I like it. (laughs) Hey, buddy. Well, I appreciate all the time you've given me this evening. If uh, you guys enjoy this fucking podcast, you know what to do. Become a a podcast supporter. Click on the link at the end of every single podcast. Put in your mom's credit card number, your girlfriend, your whoever. Put it in there. Become a little monthly sponsor. It helps me keep the lights on down here. Take care of the fine sponsors of the podcast because without them, it's really not possible. And of course, go buy some fucking merch because nothing's cooler than poorly made police memes merch. Those statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. So you may have to check into that, but I'm pretty sure they're coolest. Um, At least for emergency use only, they're the coolest stuff you can get. So with that said, uh, you guys all be safe out there. And remember, I love most of you. That was probably the worst outro I've ever had, by the way.